Sawadee Kap, and welcome to the mouth of the Mekong. Those are my friends who live about a mile up the road. It's Wednesday, November 20th. My name is Michael, and I am the mouth, a longtime senior Asia correspondent for National Public Radio, NPR, now recovering. And I live on the Mekong in the Golden Triangle, where Laos, Myanmar, and Thailand meet. And this week, my village in sound. This is pretty much the first thing you hear in my village, just after sunup, people on Main Street pulling up the metal shutters on their shops to get ready for the day. And not long after, when the sweeping and breakfast are done, it's time for the news. Not on TV, not on the internet, but the old-fashioned way delivered personally by the village chief over loudspeakers scattered throughout the village. He knows just about everything and tells people what happened overnight, who died, who had a baby, and about things going on in the village the rest of the day. This morning, he was reminding people to get their free diabetes screening at the health center, among other things. It wasn't exactly a suggestion, more like an order, but he asked awful nice. And this is what you hear on the street in the morning after the village chief is finished, monks walking barefoot, stopping to receive alms and to give blessings. It's a tourist town, as I've said before, and the tourists start getting here early, about nine, by bus, by van, or by boat from Chengsen, a few miles downriver. They're a mixed bunch. You got your Germans, you got your French, your Spanish, your Italians, and the people of the village like the Europeans because they don't just take pictures, they buy things trinkets and t shirts from the sidewalk vendors, coffee and soft drinks from the roadside restaurants. But the Chinese tourists? They're not so popular. Remember when the ugly American was the bad tourist stereotype? Well, this is the Chinese century. People in my village say they don't like the Chinese because they're loud, because they're rude, because they smoke, and worst of all, because they don't buy anything. But all the tourists come for the same thing to take pictures of the river where the three countries meet, and to visit the big Buddha next to the river. Here's how it works. You make a wish, then throw a five-bot coin into the metal cup. It then rolls down the track and into the Buddha's belly. There's also an opium museum and a temple up the hill with a nice view of the triangle. The day-trippers spend a couple hours, then hop back on their buses and boats and are gone. Want to know what my neighbors are thinking when they see the Chinese leave? (laughs) The view from the temple is nice enough, and the big Buddha is entertaining once. But the coolest thing in town, and the thing most people don't even know about, is my friends up the road. They've always got something interesting to say. The elephants here have it pretty good. They live and work at the Golden Triangle Asian Elephant Foundation. 
set up to help elephants who'd been abused or neglected or had some other bad luck. Some have been rescued, some not. But they live here with their mahouts and their families on the grounds of the high-end Anantara and Four Seasons resorts. It's a good deal for the hotels, which help foot the bills and offer elephant tours and education for their guests. And it's a good deal for the elephants and their mahouts, too. Back in the village, things get pretty slow by late afternoon, and at 6 o'clock, a monk at the temple up the hill pretty much makes it official, and he gets a little help from his friends. It's the same thing every single night. The gong starts, then the dogs who live at the temple start too. Are they complaining or just singing along? I don't know anymore. I think it's gotta hurt their ears, but maybe it's hitting a sonic sweet spot they can hear and we can't, because they're always there. If it bothers them so much, you'd think they'd go for a walk and come back later. I used to get annoyed by the whole thing, but now, so bye, so bye. And after that, the locals pretty much call it a day. The metal shutters come down for the night. A few people stop for a quick meal or takeaway at Kunom's. But by 8 o'clock, the village pretty much shuts down, and it gets blissfully quiet. Time to go to the roof and wait for the owls who live in my attic to leave for work. The big one has a wingspan of about three feet. I'm still working on getting a picture and a decent recording. A Thai friend of mine says it's good for me the owls are living here. They're picky about where they sleep, he says, and they bring good luck. I'm okay with that. And with the gentle rhythm of my village. Maybe a little tacky by day, but very tranquil by night. Sorry you've wasted another six minutes this week, but thanks for listening. I hope you like my town. Any comments, criticisms, suggestions, hit the comment button at mouthofthemekong.com and have at it. Talk to you, with you, at you again next week. Thank you.